Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan podcast, the podcast that inspires you to live a life of significance and success and to inspire others to do the same. My name is Virginia Prodan. I'm the host of Courageous Leadership with Virginia Prodan. You can find us on any platform to, to listen to our podcast on uh, uh, Edify, Podbean, Apple Podcast, and of course, you can uh, watch us on YouTube. You also can find us at virginiaprodanbooks.com. We will uh, put all those um, uh, links on uh, um, in the body of the podcast so you will be able to see. We are excited to be here and to grow with you. This week we have an incredible lesson designed for you to help you to get to the potential that you want to be and to teach you the importance of following your dream, discovering your purpose in life, grow and accomplish your purpose that will change and transform not only you, but your life, your business, your family, and many lives around. So with that in mind, I want to introduce you our guest, Richard Gamble. And he is the founder of the Eternal Wall of Prayer. And I, will, Richard, thank you for coming to our podcast. And I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell people more about the Eternal Wall of Prayer. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Um, so, yeah, my name is Richard Gamble. Uh, I'm based in England. And uh, 19 years ago, God spoke to me and gave me a vision to build a national landmark about Jesus. So we are building a, a giant, if you imagine, a giant infinity loop. So it's a, a white wall that sort of curves around in an eight shape. It goes about 167 feet into the skyline and it's about the size of a football pitch. It's made of a million bricks and every brick will represent a story of answered prayer. So the idea is that when people come, they can point their phone at any one of the bricks and their phone will light up and it will tell people a story of hope that when somebody has prayed to Jesus and how, how God has answered. And we just hope that uh, hundreds of thousands and millions of people are going to through this uh, piece of artwork are going to find the God who answers. That is wonderful. I uh, I hope that one day I will come to England and uh, and see uh, this. That, uh, that would be great. You are invited. Thank you. Need you. To come, thank you. you need to come to the opening ceremony. That would be fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. Tell us how you started. You know, a lot of people are... Um, thinking about, I don't have what it takes, and so forth. In fact, uh, I have to confess that this uh, podcast started because people encouraged me to do this. Um, if, uh, many of you read the book, Saving My Assassin. You can find it at virginiaprodanbooks.com. 
I grew up in socialist Romania, and uh, I God guided me from a younger age to find the truth and to stand up for the truth and speak up for the truth. For that reason, I was, you know, put under house arrest, arrested, mm. tortured, beaten. But with God's grace, yeah. I am alive and I accomplished not only that I took the dictator to court, but I accomplished with my cases uh, and you can say force him to respect human and religious rights. You can read um, uh, the entire story in my book, Saving My Assassin. And the reason it's called Saving My Assassin is because he sent a client to my office who came and told me, I'm not your client, I'm here to kill you. And he put his gun on my face and mm. saying, I'm here to kill you because you don't listen. Whatever we did to you, you are still going. And uh, wow. by the grace of God, I shared the gospel with him and he accepted Christ. And later on, you'll find in my book that he came to Dallas, Texas. He, uh, I didn't recognize him. And we, we shared what God was doing in wow. my life and his life. And he wrote a chapter in my book because he asked yeah. me to let him write a chapter in my book. And yeah. This is how God works. And because of that, as people read the book, said, we need you. We need you to teach us how to do it. And, yeah. I think, that, and that's, yeah. that's how I, I do uh, this podcast. Yeah. I look for people, people like you, to tell others they might be discouraged and said, well, I have a vision, maybe like Virginia. I have a vision like Richard, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to go from vision to actually do it. Yeah. Just on your part, I know how I teach them how I did on my part, but I would love from your part to tell them how you move from vision to doing what the Lord asks you. Well, I, I think the the first step for me uh, is really important because if God gives you a vision, you can definitely do the first step. You can definitely do it. And the first step is to tell people about your vision. There is a power, I believe, in, in speaking out the vision. I believe that for Joseph. You know, when Joseph got thrown in the well, that began, that began the outworkings of God's plan. But it only happened because he spoke out the dream. And so when God gave me this vision uh, 19 years ago, um, that's the first thing I did. I went home and I, my wife saw I'd got a bit of a twinkle in my eye and she said, what's going on? I said, I'm, I'm going to build a national landmark about Jesus. I, and I then really, you, I want to, I want to stop you here because yeah. what you said, it's so important and I don't want people to miss that. You said that it was important for Joseph to share uh, his vision. You know, what you said is totally different than many other people will say. It was not wise for Joseph to share. Look, he shared and he got in trouble. No, he got in trouble humanly, but not godly. God Correct. had this plan. So I want people to understand that, that don't believe that it's dangerous to share your, your vision because 
God will help you. So continue with that because so, I thought that was important. Yeah, thank you. So um, then really for the next 10 years, and that's a long time, I just kept telling people my vision. I didn't know what to do. But I just kept, every time I met somebody, I'd tell them about this idea and they would normally pull a face and think I was a bit crazy. And and But, but what I was doing really is the people that I would talk, was talking to were helping to shape the vision a little bit. And then um, nine years ago, because I think there's, so I was talking to people and I was praying. It's interesting to me when you look at Nehemiah, he spent more time praying about the wall than actually building it. Isn't that interesting? So um, so basically 10 years sort of thinking about it, praying about it. And then nine years ago, I felt God really clearly say to me, it's time to start. And I guess that's the that's always the hardest thing isn't it to to like take it from just an idea to a to a beginning so again i started meeting with people and i decided that the first step was to get this thing designed and to get it designed i needed to run a a global architectural competition and that was going to cost me a lot of money and it was money i didn't have so right at the very beginning, beginning, I've got a, a faith step. I can sort of try and wait till I've raised all the money myself, or I can just go for it. And so uh, I went onto national radio and I said, I'm going to build a national landmark. I, I, I spoke it with confidence because I knew that God had spoken to me. And then we basically did a funding round, like a, a crowdfunder. And the way the crowdfunder works is if you hit your target, you win, you get all the money, not win the money, you get all the money. But if you don't hit the target, you get none of the money. And a lot of people advised me, they said, don't do it that way because at least you want to try and get some of the money. And I, I was of the thought, if God is in this, we'll get there. And if he's not in it, we won't, and then we can end it. And I have to tell you, we, we had to raise um, what would forty five thousand pounds in in forty days, and with four days to go, I'm still twenty two thousand pounds short. I'm a long way off, and I'm really struggling. Nobody's answering any of my phone calls. Nobody's answering any of my emails, and so I did something that I've never done before. And I went up to a hill and I prayed through the night and I just prayed. And I was basically saying, God, what on earth is going on? You've asked me to do this and I'm going to fail right at the beginning. And I felt God speak to me really clearly. And he gave me a word and he, and he said to me, your job is to lead in peace. And so what I did then for that, remember, I've only got four days left. But then the next two days, I'm praying and I'm wrestling with God to get that peace. And, and for me, what really God was teaching me was that this was not my project. This was his project. And so, and so I needed to, at that point, be at peace. And actually, I've been, you know, I have constant wrestles with him to remain in that peace. But at the end of the day, it's his project. And so I, I sort of submitted it to him and just sort of said, okay, 
it's up to you because I can't do any more. And do you know what? All the money came in in one day, in one day. So, so that really was the beginnings then. And I we've got sort of some momentum. I want to stop you here to tell right. you, to tell you that I'm sure you encourage a lot of our audience and viewers, but you encourage me. Because one of the projects that I have right now is to um, uh, translate this book, Saving My Assassin, into Spanish. Wow. And it's always, shall I raise the money first to make sure that everything, shall I do this and shall I do that? But we all know that it's God's project, not ours. Yeah, yeah. Many times we take it like it's ours and it's our responsibility. Yeah. And I love what you said about joy and about peace. When I don't have joy and peace in everything that I do and I started to worry, I know for sure that I took the project from the Lord in my head. Mm, very good. So I want our audience and viewers not to miss this. Check yourself. Take notes what Richard said and apply to your project. So please go on. So, and, and, and I think the point in that is I've met so many people in the past who've had dreams and they've not, they've not pursued it. And one of, the re- one of the reasons where they often fail is they're trying to get everything all, all in a line before they jump. You know, I'll do this once the provision comes. You know, once the money's there, then I'll do it. And what I've learned is, and it's a bit of a, you know, a, a twee phrase, but provision follows the vision. Just keep speaking out the vision and the, and the money will follow. Don't wait for the money to come. So, so then we basically, we ran this. I mean, I mean, it's interesting as well, Virginia, all through this process, people are telling me it's not going to work. Nobody's going to do it. You just get all those voices all the time. We ran this global competition. We had 133 entries from 28 different countries. And then we narrowed it down to to five. And I presented this uh, idea in the Houses of Parliament. So that's sort of equivalent to the Congress in the States. And, And one of the members of Parliament said to me, he said, this is a great idea, but how are you you know, it's a great idea, but is it really going to happen? And I said to him, yeah, I've got a really big backer behind me. And the big backer we know is the one who owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. And at the time I only had five pounds in the bank, but it, again, it was just that declaration of this is God's project and he's going to find the funds for me. And so the next step for us was we needed to find land and again, I've been very naive on the journey because I don't, I, I'm not a builder. I'm not an architect. I'm not an engineer. I'm just trying to follow what he's asked me to do. And we were actually, my wife and I invited to a conference in America just to attend this conference. And so we decided to go for a retreat and we decided to pray that God would give us the land. And nobody knew who we were or what we were doing. But this lady came up to us and she said, oh, I believe God's given me a word for you and God wants you to know he's got some heavenly land for you. 
And I just thought that was so cool, the fact that I've, you know, we've traveled halfway across the planet and then somebody's given me God's word. And this is where the story gets a bit a bit odd because one of my team back in the UK said, well, if God's told us he's got the land, I'm going to ask him where it is. So she prayed and then she sent me a map and she circled this piece of land on the map and said, this is where it's going to be built. What she didn't know was the person who owned that land had emailed me just a few days before and asked to meet with me. How amazing is that? Now, when I met him, I didn't tell him about the woman that had circled the land because I didn't want to manipulate him, you know, sort of spiritually say, this is what God has said. And he just asked me loads of questions about the project and plans And at the end of it, bearing in mind God had spoken to me 19 years ago about building a national landmark, he then told me that God had spoken to him 19 and a half years ago about the same vision. And he'd actually set up a trust fund to help us get started. So he then went away, prayed about it, came back and said, I'm going to give you some land. But it wasn't the one that the woman had circled. But I didn't mind. I was like, great, I've got some land. But then after six months, that land didn't work. And then he had to give me another piece of land. And then after another six months, that didn't work. And then eventually, he paid an architect to look at all his land and said, find him the best piece. And the architect came back with the piece that the, that my tip, member of my team had circled. And it's a it's an amazing piece of land. It's worth 1.7 million pounds. He's giving it, he's given it to us. And it's in between two highways by a major rail network and by an airport. So over 800,000 people are going to journey past it each, each week. And I think for your listeners, um, I, I would say this. So even before God had spoken to me, God had already planned the person that was going to give me the land. And for me, it's a little bit like Isaac going up the mountain with Abraham and he can't see where the provision's going to come from and he's trying to work it out in his head. But all the time there's a goat coming up the other side of the mountain that he can't see. And I just think when you're following a dream, there's always times where God has got provision for you that you can't see, but it's just that faith journey where you have to trust. Yes, absolutely. I like that. I like that so much because sometimes we just see the mountain in front of us. Uh, yes. It's amazing to see how God put together. Now you can see looking back, you know, all these people and everything. But when you do it and when you start it and you walk by faith, you are not able to see this. It's like what I call behind the scene things. In my book, for example, I explain that when I was in Romania and I was surrounded by the Berlin Wall and, you know, we have no information in anything, I learned later on that my cases became part of United Nations reports on human rights violation and part of United Nations reports on human rights violation. You know, congressman and senator, uh, um, you know, uh, television and radio were talking about this, but I didn't know anything because God wanted me to walk by faith. Don't be Mm. afraid that the lesson is from your experience and mine. 
God has in plan everything. You don't you have to see it. You have to walk it by by uh, by uh, faith and look at the mountain in front of you and seeing, I know my God is faithful. Yes. And you know what we do now? So let me bring you up to speed. So this is where we're at now. So we have our so we have the land, we have the design, we have our zoning, our planning permission. That's all given. We've had a donation that's allowed us to build the road to get to the land. And we are literally starting to do some of the building on the land next week. And uh, we still have more money to raise. We still have more answered prayers to collect. But it is just a faith journey. And and this is what I this is what I do. And this is what I would encourage your 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 listeners, your watchers to do also is when you're looking at the mountain, you can sometimes get overwhelmed and just think there's there's just too much. I can't do this. But what I do and what my team do, we've got into the habit of doing is at those moments when we feel overwhelmed, we turn back and look what's behind us and we remind each other of the things that God has done to get us here. There's a great scripture in Deuteronomy 4 verse 9, which says, don't forget what your eyes have seen. Don't let it fade from your heart or your memory and make sure you pass it on to your children and your children's children. Well, that's effectively the the whole vision of why we're doing what we're doing, because it's a way of passing on the stories, the deeds of the Lord to the generations that come. But we're doing it now before we've got it built. We are reminding ourselves because what that does to me is that when I do that, it recalibrates my mind and it recalibrates my my spirit. It repositions me because there are times on this journey where experts will give me facts and the facts will tell me why I can't do it. And I, I always say I'm not going to let those experts override the truth because the truth is God has given us this task to do and there is nothing that it's beyond him. So so what I do to recalibrate my mind is to remember all the amazing stories. And we've got so many amazing stories of God's blessing on this project. And that helps us keep going. So right now, as I sit with you, I've got a few mountains in front of me, but we are going to get this finished and we will open in 2026. Wow, that's wonderful. I love that. What what you said, I think and I hope that our audience and our viewer will not miss that, you know, facts might tell you that you cannot do it. Fate will tell you God can do it through you. And it's so important. Many times I, in my speaking, I speak all over the world, I speak about I am a tool in God's hands. That's all I am. And God is using me for his glory to do the impossible. And by the way, I'm under five feet tall. So when people see me, they realize (laughs) it's not about how tall you are, how big you are, who you know. Know. Yes, who you know, you know God, and it's it's now. Yeah. Also, yeah. I want people to be encouraged that you and I are not doing on our own, and also we follow what David the king said. Many times, David will be um, down, will be yes. even depressed, and he will say, "Why? 
my soul, are you depressed? Remember, remember. And he turned back, like you said, remember that God is faithful, what he has done. And that is the essence of keeping you going on. Don't listen to facts. Because you are called (coughs) in God's power to do the impossible so others can see that we have a faithful God. We have a sovereign God that can do amazing things, especially right now when people are so uh, ready to run after everything and not go to God. God wants to use us, you and me and others, to perform miracles that people can say, I want your God to be my God. I want to believe in your God. So uh, with that in mind, I just want to thank you so very much for what you are doing. Uh, You're very welcome. Tell our audience, before I forget, tell our audience where they can find you. So if you go to the website, eternalwall.org.uk, uh, and there you can um, you can have a look, see what it looks like. But most of all, we would you know we still need donations. If you want to donate in the US, then it's eternalwall.us. Um, we still need donations to get us going, and we also need your stories, your stories of what God has done in your life. Because the exciting thing for me is, long after we've left this planet our stories are still going to be on this wall. And it means that somebody is going to find Christ through the story that you've shared long after we've, we've, we've left the planet. How, how cool is that? So if you can just, if you can help us financially, if you can help us with your stories and you can do one or the other or both, please go to eternalwall.org. Thank you so very much. Appreciate so much your participation to our podcast. Our podcast wants to inspire you, each one of you, to live a life of significance and success and to inspire others too. Um, I am I'm grateful to be here. Um, my name is Virginia Pradhan. I'm the host of this uh, podcast. You can watch it on uh, um, Apple Podcasts, Eddie Fee, Podbean, every other platform, and of course, you can um, watch it on YouTube. We are so grateful for your participation. We hope that you will um, send us your comments. Uh, Click on the link below for uh, everything that Richard uh, asked you to do. Also, if you want to uh, never to miss a, a podcast, subscribe to our podcast. We are so happy for your comments because we want to grow with you, not only to help you grow, to inspire you to live a life of significance and success and inspire others, but also to help you grow and grow with you. Until next time, our podcast is every Wednesday and Saturday at 10 o'clock Central Time. I hope that you keep in touch with us and you will be blessed by by this podcast in particular. Thank you so much, Richard, again, and God bless you. And uh, we'll talk later.